Christ. Uh, it's an honor for me and my lovely wife to uh, be with you this morning. Uh, it's an honor to be speaking to the church, to the brothers and sisters out there in Chicago. Thank you so much for this great opportunity uh, to be able to share our experience, uh, to share the challenge we've been going through, to share our hearts, and to be able to share the Word of God. You know, as I was hearing the song, I'm a heart-fighting soldier, and I love this song, and when it says, if I die, let me die in the service of my Lord. Yes. You know, I always think about it, what a great goal we have is to die in the service of our Lord, because we will die anyway, but at least let us die while we're serving our Lord. So thank you for this inspirational song to give us this boost. Uh, you know, I, I want to introduce my family. Uh, thank you, Winston, for introducing uh, my family, my children. Uh, this is a picture of my family, uh, my lovely wife, Jessie. She uh, will be in a minute. Uh, Andrew, who became a disciple uh, uh, one year ago, he's 17, and Abby, the first year she's a disciple, she's 15. Uh, so glad uh, for their health and for uh, their spiritual health. That's the most important thing uh, in so many so uh, You know, as we... Uh, as we share about the uh, challenges that we've been going through here in Lebanon, again, brothers and sisters, uh, sorry for the challenge. We're used to these challenges here in the Middle East, the Internet. Uh, but as we always say, we will never give up trying our best to uh, share the word, to rise up, to challenge the Wi-Fi and challenge everything going on. Uh, I know that uh, part of the sharing wasn't clear. I'm going to go back to the explosion you know, the explosion wasn't the first challenge that we had in in, in Lebanon. Uh, we come from a country that many of you know we have been going through a lot for many years and many years and many years. And this becomes our normal life. We, we can't plan more than a day. So we, we live day by day. Uh, specifically, this year was, was very challenging. I know on all the world uh, of COVID-19 challenge, but on Lebanon, it started early October last year when we had a revolution, when we had uh, political problems, unrest, when we had financial problems, we had so many challenges that went through. And then COVID-19 came, uh, our government stepped down, uh, and then the explosion August 4 happened. You know, that second in that explosion, we live five minutes five minute away from the explosion area. Uh, that what we felt, what we heard together with our family, uh, is, is, it reminds me of that verse in 1 Corinthians 15. In a moment, in a twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet. You know, this feeling of like, you look at the sky, it's red. Uh, the, the, the feeling, the fear, you don't know what happened. We, uh, I have experienced every single challenge and war, me and my wife in Lebanon, but we have never experienced what happened really uh, uh, that day, in that second, in that explosion. You, you, you don't know what to feel. We, we left, we run on the stairs from our apartment, not really thinking of taking any possessions with us because that's the last thing we thought about. It was like, it's gone. We felt, is it the last day? Is it the end? Is this the last day? Is this, is Jesus coming? Because that's what we felt. We felt exactly in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye, we felt it's like the last trumpet. We're gone. We're going to be gone. You know, and, and, and many questions came to our hearts. You know, even our children, that was their first experience 
uh, hearing this kind of explosion. I'm gonna uh, 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 I'm gonna ask Jesse to be sharing her feelings that time, and then we'll continue. Yeah, honestly, it was really, really hard on me because, uh, like Mufid shared, we've been living in war all my life, uh, me and all the Lebanese people. And I honestly, I wasn't prepared for that. Already, uh, I had a lot on my plate dealing with emotion, with COVID, with the starvation here, with the problem. And I was overwhelmed uh, and not prepared. And when the explosion happened, I break down. Uh, because I felt, God, I can't take it anymore. It's too much on us. And honestly, I felt not loved and not taken care of. Uh, many, many feelings I shared before, but the, f- the fear was overwhelming. And especially the fear over my kids. And after that, calling the disciples because we, Lebanon is very small and we all live near the explosion. Like by even some of them walking distance. And honestly, the explosion hit like all the disciples and we were calling them, trying to figure out if they are living, what happened. And these like, uh, doing all this and dealing with all this emotion was too much for me to handle. Uh, I was, I had fear. I was fearful. And for honestly, for a few days, I was crying, watching the news, seeing the people. Um, like Mufid shared, like, honestly, we felt if like it is the end. It's the end for Lebanon, at least. And yeah, it was really hard. Uh, I had to take a few days off to deal with my emotion. What helps me is I was open, but in the same time I was, uh, I was at, like, I was fearful because I was worried about the disciples. They need me to be strong. They need me to be beside them. But in a way I felt, you know what? I'm weak and this is where I am. And I shared my weakness. I shared where, what I'm feeling. And honestly, we were united and, and praying and, Trusting God that whatever happened, God loves us. And through our unity together, through crying together, uh, begging God to really help us to to stay strong. And honestly, through your prayers, your encouragement, your words of encouragement, all of you guys, like we felt loved through you. We felt that... We do care. And Jesus, you know, manifested his love through you. And this encouraged our souls. And honestly, we can tell you now that, yes, we are in a big trauma. Yes, things are not normal. Yes, we're not like, yuppie, look what's going on in Lebanon. But yes, we have faith. Yes, we decided to be courageous, to fight with the weapon that God gave us. We know how to pray. We know how to love and we know how to stay together and we know how to have faith through the Bible. And that's what we've been doing all together as a church. And I think 
God is not helping me to be strong. God is helping everybody in the church to be we're stronger. And we're so proud of the man in the church because I know on them it was harder than even on us because they lost control. They lost everything, their jobs, their money, like them taking care of the people, of their family. But honestly, I see them fighting prayers like we're praying we're praying like ever before like this verse said pray in all time so we've been praying all the time waking up early morning staying late at night praying and you know begging God to help us go through that so that's a little bit of what I'm feeling I will be sharing later on with Mufid Hey man, you know, there's a picture that shows the uh, explosion site and the city. Uh, uh, just, uh, you know, if you look up is the, uh, the P4, uh, the city and the Freeport and how it looks. Uh, it's an amazing view. And then you look down and you see completely uh, a nuclear destru- destruction. It's like uh, you had a, a complete war. Uh, and this is this is few pictures of the city. It's completely, completely destroyed uh, for a distance of 10 kilometers. Uh, uh, and it's it was really, really hard. But, you know, honestly, like Jesse said, uh, uh, what really, uh, uh, you know, brought us back to to really be united and, and encourage us. First, uh, so many calls and prayers that came from all our churches around the world. Uh, many called us, many, many prayed for us, uh, connected with us. Uh, the donation that was sent by the disciples, by Hope Worldwide, just to be able to help the disciples, to help the community, uh, to go back and go like, okay, what should we do now? You know, we, 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 we either break down, we either, you know, just, just, uh, cry and be angry and sad, uh, or we get united and we go out there. Because you know what? If we are the hope, let us go out there and give hope. And honestly, this brought the church back uh, strong together, uh, back on the streets. Uh, honestly, even even with, with reaching out, we had three baptisms after the explosion, immediately after the explosion. Yeah. That year, we had about 16 baptisms in Lebanon. Three of them was after the explosion. That was so encouraging. I'm going to show you some pictures of the disciples uh, from Hope Worldwide on the streets. Uh, uh, serving with food parcels. I'm so proud of the church. I'm so proud of every single brother and sister that really, uh, even those who lost their, uh, uh, they, they had broken things in their houses. Some of them were wounded, uh, like our brother Paul, and he's better now. But they decided, you know what, it's not about us now. It's about going there, bringing hope, bringing food, bringing support. And still, t- till today, the disciples are still going out there with food parcels, uh, helping changing the glass, the windows, the doors, fixing the doors uh, of people, uh, many different programs that uh, Hope Worldwide and the church is going through. And this is still going on. And this is uh, uh, this brought a lot of unity, a lot of encouragement. And all these donations that was sent by the disciples from all over the world and by Hope Worldwide, uh, it's just amazing yeah. uh, to see this. And it's so inspiring. Uh, you know, uh, going to, uh, going back to the explosion and to the lesson, uh, which, which I, I, I wanted the title to be breaking through. Uh, you know, breaking through. We have had so many challenges in Lebanon. So many situations where like, okay, what can we do? Should we give up? Uh, should we surrender? You know, the challenge we have in the Middle East for many and many disciples and many people, like the challenge of of leaving the country, of moving out, of going. 
you know, many people left after the explosion, even before. That's a challenge. Should I leave? Should I stay? Should I break through? How can we break through, through what's going on? How can we really change this situation? And you know, uh, the minute that explosion happened, the only questions that comes to our hearts and to many, especially as disciples, am I ready? Am I ready to die? Those who I love, are they ready? Did I share with them? Did I tell them? Because in that second, many people lost their lives. Many people, 6,000, 6,500 are wounded, about 200 deaths. You know, I don't know where they are at. But you know what? Are they ready? Did they have a chance to know the truth and to know the reality of their eternal life? And these questions come to your, come to your mind, to your heart. And it's so challenging. You know, going through COVID-19 and the challenge of COVID-19. And now it's really, uh, uh, we, we lost control of COVID-19 in Lebanon. We have so much cases now and we're only 4 million. Please keep us in your prayers, our country going through a, yep. that big challenge. But you know, thinking about COVID-19, till now, the only cure of COVID-19 is the immunity system, is the physical immunity, the body immunity system. You know what? That's the only way. And, and you know, if I ask you a question today, if you suddenly find, found a cure for COVID-19, what would you do? Would you keep it? Would you stay silent about it? Would you share? Would you tell? Would you go on social media? Honestly, if personally I found a cure for COVID-19, I will be all over the social media. I will be all over the media, on the TVs, everywhere, giving it for free. Imagine, imagine if you find it and you don't share it. But honestly, COVID-19 is definitely, uh, 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 is, is, you know, it's, it's killing people. It's definitely a disease that is killing, killing people physically. But you know what? The most dangerous, uh, 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 you know, the, the virus that is not only in specific people, that is in every single human being and humankind. And we all know this. It's sin. And you know what? Sin is killing thousands and millions of people on a daily basis. And what matters is the spiritual immunity. You know what? Do you have a cure for sin? Do you have a spiritual immunity for sin, for that deadly virus that is killing millions? And it's not only killing them physically, it's killing them eternally. Really, if you find a cure today for sin, for this spiritual immunity, if you have that cure, and you know what? We have it. And we know we have it. And many of us have it. But my question today to you and to me and to every single brother and sister hearing, what are you doing with the cure of the spiritual immunity? What are you doing with the cure of that deadly virus, sin, that is killing so many. You know, in, uh, in Acts, uh, in Acts 4 and in verse 18 to 20, you know, it's amazing when you go back to Acts to the first century church and you see the persecution and the challenges the disciples was going through and, and how much they were really challenged not to really share their faith 
and to stop talking about Jesus and all what's going on. They went through a lot. You know, it's not only us who are going through challenge. They went through threat of death of so many. They were killed for their faith. They were killed for speaking up. And in Acts 4.18, uh, uh, the verse goes, Then they called them in again and commanded them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John replied, Which is right in God's eyes? To listen to you or to him? You be the judges. As for us, we cannot help speaking about what we have seen and heard. It's amazing, you know, I, I love to imagine the scriptures. I love to imagine the situation where Peter and John were standing and hearing this threat and replying with this full of the spirit reply. So, so full of the spirit goes like, should we listen to you or should we listen to God? Can we be silent? Can we stop? How can we? How can we stop speaking of what we have seen and heard? What an amazing and challenging situation Peter and John was in. Honestly, brothers and sisters, this is what we felt during this situation. We looked, we said, okay, that's a tragedy. But you know what? We have seen, we have heard. People lost hope. People were angry, were discouraged, were, were, you know, they, they needed any single, any single bit of hope. Any single bit of inspiration of just telling them that, you know what, God is in control. We felt that this is the moment where as brothers and sisters, as the church, as disciples, to go on the streets, to go to these people, to go to these destroyed houses. And you know what? Bringing them hope. Because this is the harvest now. You know what? If the world lose hope, who have it? It's not me and you who have this cure, who have this spiritual immunity. We felt we're the only hope. If we stop sharing the only hope, what's going to happen to the world? And the same question I ask myself today, and I want you to ask yourself, can you be silent of what you have seen? I believe we have seen a lot of miracles in our life. Have God did miracles in your life since you became a disciple? Can you count the miracles? Can you go back and see how many times he was there? He saved you. He changed your life. He saved your loved ones. He saved your marriage. He saved your family. So many miracles. Have you seen it? You still see it. Can you be silent about it? Can you? I can't. I can't. Have you heard the word of God. Have you heard the scriptures? Have you heard so many messages through the Holy through reading the scriptures all these years being a disciple? You heard the word. You believe the word. It changed your life. It changed my life. Can you be silent of what you heard? Peter and John said, no way. We cannot be. Honestly, brothers and sisters, that's what we're trying to do here in Lebanon. We cannot be silent. Soon we will be doing a program of uh, psychosocial support. We want to go on the streets. We want to hear the people. We want to pray with the people. Uh, me and Jesse want to go help the couples, uh, uh, really listen to them and try to be there for them and connect them, connect them to the true vine and bring them this spiritual immunity because this is what they need. This is what everyone need now. 
Honestly, I know there's challenges out there in Chicago, in the state, all over the world. People are uh, discouraged by the COVID-19. People uh, uh, lost hope, feel angry, in fear. Brothers and sisters, there's only one hope. We carry it. There's only one cure. We carry it. There's only one spiritual immunity. It's the Holy Spirit in me and you. We carry it. Don't be silent. We can't. We can't be silent. Because you know what? In a minute, in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye, we might lose our life or our loved ones or our neighbors or anyone. We can't be. You know, this is my challenge to myself, to my family, to my church. And that's what we, you know, we've been trying to do with all what's going on. And, and, and it's really challenging. You know, uh, uh, when you go through that and you go, okay, I want to go. I want to go bring hope. I want to go and really uh, share this uh, spiritual immunity that I have. I want to bring the good news. I want to bring the salvation. I want to tell people, you know, you will lose your life anyway from COVID-19, from an explosion. Sooner or later, we will lose it. What about the true life? You know, we came, we came up with a campaign one week ago here in Lebanon and, 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 and we were, we're hashtagging this hashtag. I declare Jesus Christ the only, the one and only Lord over my life. And we're, t- and we're, we're all over the country. We're trying to tell people we don't want any, any more human lords. Yeah. We don't want to trust human lords. We don't want to trust them because in the end of the day, the only thing that human lords can bring is some security on earth. And we lost that security in a, in a minute, in a second from that explosion. Even that security you have in your home, the home was completely dis- destroyed over us. That's why he's the only Lord. But brothers and sisters, there's an advice that uh, Paul gave it to Timothy one day. And you know what? And that advice was so true, so needed today. Before we go out there, before we go and share to the harvest the good news, before we go and share the cure, the spiritual cure, the spiritual immunity, and talk to them about, uh, about you know, the, the, the real life, the eternal life, there's something we need to challenge ourselves in. There's something we need to work on ourselves in. And you know what? I want to read with you in First Timothy 4 what Paul said to Timothy. He goes, Don't let anyone look down on you because you are young, but set an example for the believer in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, and in purity. Until I come, devote yourself to the public reading of Scripture, to preaching, and to teaching. And my second point is, be an example. You know, Paul is telling Timothy, Timothy, you're young. It's okay, but you're a disciple. Timothy, you're young, but you know what? You have the spiritual immunity. You have the Holy Spirit. You have the cure. Don't worry. You're young. Don't worry how much you know. But you are filled with the Holy Spirit. You're the Son of God. You have the message of hope. You're the light and the salt for these people out there. But Timothy, just one piece of advice. Before you go out there, be an example. Be an example in your speech. Be an example in your conduct, in your love, in your faith, in your purity. And honestly, brothers and sisters, we can't go out there and change the world if we are not changed. We can't go out there and change the world if we don't really work 
on ourselves, our connection with God, and truly to go back. No matter where you're at, you've been a disciple for years, you're lukewarm today, you've been through some sins, you can't overcome them, no, no matter where you are. You have a God that the minute you confess and repent, He forgives you. You have a God that can really start a new start with you until you go there. You know, you look at the first century church, even our heroes of faith, they went through challenges, they fell into sin, but they repented and they changed the world. We can do it. We can do it. Let us be an example. Let people see Christ in us. Let people hear Christ in our speech, in our conduct. Let people feel Christ in our love and in our faith. Because fear is against faith. We cannot be afraid. You know what? We have so many reasons to be afraid. We have so many reasons to be angry. We have so many reasons to lose hope and to leave. But you know what? We want to stay and we want to live day by day. And we want to bring as many as we can with us. As The minute we go. We don't know when, but we're going. But let us really think about that. You know, it's amazing in uh, in uh, Jesus uh, there's a verse in, in Philippians uh, chapter 2, and I'm sure you know this verse, you know, and Jesus, I, I love that about Jesus because he always lead the way in everything. He, he, he just, he just not, he doesn't just preach on us. No, he preach, he teach, but he already did this. In Philippians chapter 2 and verse 7 to 8, he goes, rather he humbled himself. Uh, he humbled himself uh, uh, by taking the very nature of a servant being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on the cross. What I love about Jesus, Jesus was not silent of what he's seen and heard. Jesus was not silent. He goes, you know, I have a mission. My mission on earth is not to be silent. My mission on earth of what I've seen and heard is to change the world. He wasn't a coward in any single situation. He spoke courageously. He preached. He sent the love. He, he served. He fed. But you know what? He was an example in humility, in obedience, in really being God-likeness. He reflected God in his speech, in conduct, in love, in purity, in every single thing. He wasn't silent. Because he came with a mission and he knew the goal. And he didn't look at any earthly thing because he had a focused goal. He knew what he wanted. But he was an example even in humility. And he was obedient all the way to the cross. You know, and as we are preparing ourselves to remember the cross and to share together in communion, I'm going to have Jesse share, share and then end with a prayer in Arabic. Maybe this will be your first time hearing a prayer in Arabic. Yeah, I just want to share with you what I've been learning uh, through what happened here in Lebanon. First, like I shared, I was in a way doubting that God really loves me or, the, or God really cares. But honestly, after the explosion, they said 70% of the explosion went in the water. And I was praying and begging God on my, on my knees and, and, and crying. And then suddenly I felt like, Jesse, my angel were protecting you because of this explosion went 
like it should be, maybe we were we weren't here now talking. Maybe Beirut and even the whole city will be destroyed, and you will be dead now. So he started really showing me his hand that I was in control and I protected you while you were really feeling that I'm not there. And the second thing I learned that lately, yes, I was praying and I was reading, but being so overwhelmed with many things and the busyness, I wasn't really like, if you know me, you know that I connect with God, but I wasn't really connecting And when Jesus was praying on the cross and he asked his disciples that, he told them, pray with me, pray pray with me. And they were tired and they slept. And we see after that, that both of them, Jesus went through temptation and they went through temptation. But Jesus overcome because he was ready. He prayed the whole night and he said, God, my heart is ready. And the disciples went and that's why they denied him and they run. And I felt the same feeling that my heart wasn't ready because I wasn't connecting. I wasn't, I was fighting and I didn't expect that Satan will fight me this way. So I learned to be prepared and we took a decision. I said every day at six in the morning, I will wake up and start praying And I asked the warrior with me, all the sisters with me who wants to join. And the the people, the six of us, seven of us, every day, we decided to really be ready, to really be ready and uh, pray every morning. And this makes a big difference in our life, honestly. Sometimes we pray, we don't know what we are praying. Sometimes we feel like this army who are beaten and bleeding, but... And we, 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 we arrive one after another, but when we start praying, the Holy Spirit intercedes for us and we feel Amen. we're stronger. We're more uh, ready to face whatever is going to happen in Lebanon. And uh, what I learned also through this is, you know, we felt like when Jesus went on the cross, the disciples were scared and Now I understand. I used to preach it. I used to teach it to people on the cross and say, yeah, they were afraid because their master went. And But but we felt it. We felt it as if Jesus left us. It's the end. He's on the cross. And we felt the fear. And honestly, you know, like the Bible said, when the end is near, like the the work of everyone will be exposed. Like if we are building on our faith on gold, on wood, everything will be shaken. And honestly, when we were running out of the house, we didn't care about uh, the clothes, the jewelry, uh, the building, my apartment. We didn't care. We just run like the Bible described it. Like we run the way we are, we run. And this is, it was a great, honestly, lesson to learn that, Jesse, are you ready? When the end is coming, you're not going to take anything with you. Neither your house, neither your beauty, neither your, uh, uh, nothing. You're not going to take anything with you. You're just going to take yourself and make sure you take the people you love with you. 
and all what matters for me is my husband, my kids, and if they are safe, they will be with me. And it was a big lesson, honestly, just to have my family with me. And in order for me to be strong in my faith, because honestly, we don't know what will happen again, I remember like this stone, this is a white stone, where in Revelation, God said in Revelation 2, that for the people who will overcome, I will give them this white stone, and I will write a new name on it. And honestly, this stone was an invitation to make sure that this is invitation they used to use it as an invitation in the Old Testament uh, back then and by invitation for heaven. So honestly, I put it beside me and I wrote my name, my husband's name, my kid's name. And every day I look at this stone and I remind myself that I want to hold on to Jesus. I want to hold on to this invitation. I don't want to lose my salvation. I don't want to let fear Compel me, I want to overcome fear with faith that my name is written and my Jesus is coming back. Even though we feel that Jesus is on the cross, but honestly, Jesus was, he raised up the third day. And even if we're feeling now, it's the dark, it's the dark place we are. But if we hold down to the promises of God and this white stone remind me that I am saved and I need to fight, and I need to hold on so in order to see Jesus. So that's what I've been learning. Amen. Uh, you know, uh, brothers and sisters, uh, the country is still going through a lot of challenges. Please keep us in your prayers. Uh, let us not be silent. Don't be silent. Let us be an example, and let us really uh, 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 imitate our incredible leader, Jesus Christ, as he's a great example for us to really be that light and salt to the world, that hope that can change the world. Yeah. Let us be praying in Arabic as we prepare our hearts uh, to take communion together. Ilahi wa sayyidi, ayyuhal ayyab al-samayu al-quddus, ya rab jayin amam salibak wa amam arshak, ana wa akhwati ya rab min Chicago, min kill al-alam, من كل الشر الأوسط من وين ما كان جايين أمام عظمتك جايين لنقلك يا رب شكرا من أجل خلاصك شكرا من أجل روحك القدوس اللي ملأنا شكرا من أجل دمك اللي غسلنا وغسل خطايانا من أجل يا رب ألامك على الصليب يا رب اللي تحملت عنا لتكون عم تعطينا فرصة يا رب برجاء أبدي معك يا رب جايين لك سامحنا يا رب أخطائنا سامحنا عضعفنا شكرا يا رب لأنك أنقذتنا وعطيتنا حياة جديدة فرصة جديدة لكن خليها الفرصة الجديدة والحياة الجديدة نعرف يا رب نشوف هدفها ونعرف يا رب نستغلها لمجد اسمك تكون أنت الأولوية بحياتنا نكون رجاء وأمل لها الناس اللي بحاجة يا رب لأمل ورجاء وخلاص حقيقي مش خلاص أرضي وخلاص جسدي لكن خلاص أبدي ننطلق لها العالم يا رب ونخبرهم عنك بكل جرأة بكل قوة شكرا إلهي لكل فرصة بتسمح لنا فيها أنه نكون يا رب سفراء لإلك أنه نكون شهود يا رب أنه نكون عم نعكس نورك وخلاصك بكل أماني ونحمل أخبارك السارة إلى العالم بشكرك من أجل الكنيسة اللي هي عيلة بكل معنى الكلمة بصلوات إخواتنا بدعمهم بتشجيعهم بوجودهم معنا يا رب عم نقدر نشعر أنه نحن مش لوحدنا أنه نحن ملكوت حقيقي بكل معنى الكلمة يا رب خلينا نعلن اسمك بكل جرأة بكل تحدي يا رب نكون عم نوصل رسالتك إلى أقاصي الأرض كلها يا رب. بارك يا رب هالوقت خلي يا رب ذكرى 
جسدك وذكرى دمك اليوم بالخبز وبالعصير يكون عم بيجدد عهدنا لنعلنك سيد على حياتنا لك إلهي كل مجد أمين أمين